Hello and welcome to Fairfax Tasmania's State Politics Podcast. I'm Rob Inglis and what a pleasure it is to bring you our very first episode. It's been a big week in Tasmanian politics with Brian Green's resignation on Friday and Rebecca White's elevation to the Labor leadership. Um, the times ahead are bound to be interesting, at the very least. So what better time to start a Tassie politics podcast than now? as speculation about the upcoming state election continues to escalate. I'd advise you to keep an eye out for a parliamentary recap on this podcast, roughly every two weeks. It all depends when Parliament is sitting, really. But first up is an interview. We were lucky enough to wrangle one of the titans of contemporary Tasmanian politics, and indeed Australian politics, for our inaugural interview. This is my conversation with former Greens leader Bob Brown speaking on the significance of the Tarkine. The biggest attraction to Tasmania is its wild and scenic heritage. Uh, all the other attractions are, are great. The wine, Mona, uh, the convict heritage, but it is still the wild and scenic heritage, including the wildlife, that is the biggest attraction. And I'm not just saying that out of the top of my head, this is survey after survey. And that's the big job generator. And one of the things I'm proud about is having, as a dream, uh, been part of this transformation of the Tasmanian economy against the efforts of the big parties. And, um, and, and you know, Tasmania's glory days are in front of it. So I think putting the dark line into that, um, into that category, it's a job yet undone, but we're getting close to being there, hmm. uh, it's going to be a, a huge boon to the economy and jobs on the northwest coast too. But, yeah, I think that's important. Can you uh, Could you just sort of break down the, the history of the uh, conservationist sort of um, cause around um, the Tarkine in Tasmania? Well, the Tarkine campaign go back to the 1970s, but was stymied then. There was a call then by a circular, a councillor at Circular Head for the Tarkine, that is the Arthur Pyman, as it was called, to be mm. a national park. But Eric Rees, uh, as Premier, stated at a meeting in the Uniting Church Hall in Smithton that there would never be a national park on his watch, or at least while, and I quote him, there was a chance of being two cents worth of tin in the tough kind to be mine. So that stymied that. But um, in the uh, following years, uh, it's always been on the agenda of uh, locals who are interested in tourism as well as the uh, Greens and the conservation movement. In 19. 90, I brought out a book called Tarkine Trails to show people how to get in there and um, my foundation reproduced that two years ago but now it's 250 pages of glossy pictures and maps and people are going there in droves and of course places like Corinna have become magnets for tourists wanting to see uh, and stay in some of this wild 
heritage. So Tarkine's on a very big lift, job creating and um, stimulating the economy, particularly of the northwest of, of uh, uh, the northwest coast and the west coast, but also the state as a whole. So it's difficult to get into the, the if you want to see the Tarkine. Is there a, is there an easy 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 way of doing that for? Yeah, you drive past straight past the Savage River Lines to the uh, chalet at Corinna okay. on the Parliament River, and next morning, having stayed there with the uh, tavern available for for meals and good company and information, catch the 1939 Tasmanian built Arcadia for a cruise down the Pyman River to the Pyman Heads and you're guaranteed to see sea eagles as well as some of the most marvellous rainforest reflections anywhere in the world and and walks along the riverbank. So that's just one of the options. There's cruises on the Arthur River. There's the Tarkine Wilderness Lodge, which is more upmarket, but where you'll see the biggest myrtle tree, rainforest tree uh, in that's known in Australia. And... Um, you can go to places like Waratah, which is steeped in history uh, of the mining boom, booming days, and of course the West Coast with an Aboriginal heritage, which is amongst the richest heritage areas in Aboriginal terms anywhere in Australia, including rock carvings, uh, middens, and um, marvellous sites of Aboriginal occupation going back 30,000 years. The Wilderness Society, uh, as I understand, uncovered, um, uh, or at least was a part of uncovering um, some middens and, and sites of cultural significance for Aboriginal communities in, uh, in the Tarkine. Is, is that correct? Well, that predates the Wilderness Society. It goes back uh, to uh, certainly before my time in Tasmania and, and the Wilderness Society as such, was set up in my kitchen in at Lippy, <laughs> out of Launceston in 1976. Oh, okay. But uh, people um, uh, were already aware of, and of course the Robinsons' history is there, but the history of the Aboriginal occupation uh, is, is noted by a whole range of, it, of people, including James Kelly, who took a whale boat and rowed around Tasmania in 1816 and landed on New Year's Day on the Tarkine coastline and was met by six Tarkina warriors over six feet tall with their faces painted and spears and a terrifying sight but they managed to get along Uh, but the Tarkina people were of course like uh, Aboriginals elsewhere pretty cruelly displaced of that country within a few decades the, obviously, it ties into the the whole debate around the four wheel drive tracks in the Tarkine as well. I mean, it, what, what's your opinion on on all that stuff? Uh, there can be no more appalling process than seeing the Tasmanian Aboriginal community, Aboriginal tender, having won a court case to keep those destructive tracks from further eroding heritage sites on a, just a small section of the Tarkine Coast, then the Ministers for Environment in both Hobart and Canberra appealing that decision to uh, promote future destruction of that heritage. There, there can be uh, a little 
Mm. But that's currently unfolding in front of our eyes. And that appeal by the state and federal ministers is still to be, uh, well, it, you know, the impacts of that are still to be worked out. So the Guy Barnett's, the Resources Minister Guy Barnett's recent um, announcement of the government's forestry plan of opening up you know, over 300,000 hectares of, of Tasmanian forest to logging. Does that, is that likely to impact on the Tarkine? Uh, there, uh, yes, it will. Um, and there's 159 coops already slated for logging in the Tarkine, and that will simply add to it. And uh, it'll ensure that Forestry Tasmania never gets uh, its forest, forest stewardship certificate and it will also ensure that uh, many open, many markets on uh, overseas are, are closed to Tasmanian wood project and, and that's why uh, it's wood exports and that's why several of the big logging companies in Tasmania have said they, they don't want this process going that way. Mm. They would have preferred the forest agreement reached between the industry and the environmentalists under the last Labor government with the Greens supporting it to have been brought into being. But um, the Hodgman government with Guy Barnett and others, it was then Minister Harris, and the upper house have overturned that. So it's back to the uh, division until it gets sorted out again. But the whole world's moving away from native forest logging and uh, maybe once again... um, Thanks so much, Bob. Oh, thanks, Rob. That's good talking with you.